Hey everyone and welcome back to Between the Lines. I'm Ian Napishan and today we've got a great episode for you all as we're going to talk about some of the top headlines in the MLB right now. We're going to get to the Phillies woes, some of the problems that they've been having since firing Joe Girardi and especially now with Bryce Harper being out indefinitely. Um, then we're going to get on to one of the best pitching duos this season. And although it's the best pitching duo in my opinion, I do think that they're one of the most underrated pitching duos. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then towards the end of the episode, we're going to get to some of my underrated all-star picks for this year's all-star game. As, it's, as, as, as the talk about the all-star game is heating up, I just want to put in a couple picks of mine that I think are some under-the-radar players. But first, I do want to start with the Phillies. Um, obviously, the Phillies had a really tough season, uh, start to the season this year, should I say. Um, you know, they struggled greatly under Joe Girardi, but recently, over the last, I think, two and a half, three weeks, they got rid of Joe Girardi back on June the 3rd, and since then, they've gone 17-6, and six, which is fantastic. They've gone 17-6 and six under their new interim manager, and it's kind of seemed like the Phillies were back. It seemed like things were all good in Philadelphia again, uh, especially without Joe Girardi, things were kind of going to go, you know, have a bit of a 180 U-turn, but all of a sudden, after this weekend's series between the Phillies and the Padres, things are looking bad again. Now, that's because the obvious Bryce Harper is out indefinitely with a fractured thumb or hand. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a thumb, but so he got hit by a pitch in Saturday's game against the San Diego Padres. He was going up against Blake Snell. Blake Snell, someone that's been struggling this year. He's, I think, 0-5 with a, with a ERA above five, actually. So he's been struggling. And yeah, Bryce Harper took a hit by pitch off the hand fractured his thumb he's out indefinitely and really this is the last thing that the Phillies needed especially the Phillies fans because this season they were expected to do really great things especially with Bryce Harper coming off of a um, off of an NL MVP caliber season when he won it last year people were really expecting the Phillies to do great especially with their new additions in Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos but those guys haven't been exactly what the Phillies fans have wanted um, and, and on top of that, I think what's interesting that, I mean, obviously a, a lot of people know this, but Bryce Harper has already been playing through a torn UCL in his right elbow, which is pretty hard to imagine playing through by itself. But even with that, he's managed to hit 318 with 15 homers and 38 RBIs so far this season. And again, this is just the last thing that Phillies fans, especially the organization, um, wanted to see was their star player getting injured and being out for who knows how long. Typically broken thumbs and or um, fractured thumbs or fractured hands typically take maybe four to six weeks, but depending on the severity of, of his injury, um, it could take much longer. And so, I mean, Bryce Harper is definitely not gonna be playing in the All-Star game. I expect him to get picked, but there's no chance that he's gonna, that, that he's gonna be playing just because of that injury. Um, but getting back to the topic of Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos. The, the, the Phillies brought these guys in hoping to bolster their lineup, which, which it has in some ways, but it hasn't been to the extent that the Phillies organization wanted it to be. Now, Schwarber is struggling greatly. He's batting 219. Yeah, he's got 21 homers and 46 RBIs, but you kind of need a little more out of Kyle Schwarber. You can't have him just hitting bombs and batting 219. From power hitters, you typically expect them to you know, hit the homers, get the RBIs in, but have an average around, you know, 240, 250, and that would be great. But 
Schorber's just been way off of that. Um, it seems like the only get, the, the the only types of hits he gets are are homers and other bombs. But so Schorber's been really underwhelming on that front. And Nick Castellanos, I don't want to say that he's having a bad season, but again, he's not living up to the expectation that was expected of him um, when he came over from the Reds. When he was with the Reds, he was outstanding. Um, I don't know if that's because maybe the Reds had a better lineup at the time when they hadn't gotten rid of everybody yet, so pitchers had to pitch to everybody and couldn't just focus on one player. But Nick Castellanos right now, I mean, he's batting 252 with seven homers and 37 RBIs. So not the production that you're hoping for out of, you know, out of your typical outfielder or your third baseman, depending on where he plays. Um, typically from those positions, you're expecting a lot more. But then again, you know, um, players in the MLB have up and down seasons. It's natural. Um, Castellanos isn't having a terrible season, but then again, he's not living up to what the Phillies fans and the organization expected. But just getting back to the topic, the Phillies are just getting bombarded this season with issues, whether that was starting out the season poorly, then going on a, on a pretty bad losing streak, um, and Joe Girardi getting fired, then changing managers, having an interim manager, and then now Bryce Harper getting injured. This is the last thing that they needed, considering that they're only two games out of the NL wildcard spot. And just as we're creeping up towards that halfway point of the season, this is when it's really crucial and important for teams to have, have some sort of, to, to have some sort of, oh gosh, what's the word? some sort of momentum going into the all-star break, right? We see this in a lot of mediocre teams or teams that are on the bubble of these playoff spots where they get hot right before the all-star break and the all-star break kind of interrupts them, but then they go back onto that run and they take that momentum with them into that second half of the season and seem um, unbeatable. So this is a time when hopefully for Phillies fans that they can start getting and gaining momentum before the All-Star break, but it's going to be really tough because, you know, Bryce Harper, their, their best player, um, it's, it's not even arguable, but Bryce Harper, their best player, isn't in their lineup, and he won't be for the foreseeable future. And I, I would imagine he's going to be out for quite a while. I would say at least two months, um, but we'll see. So I feel bad for Phillies fans. It's definitely tough seeing a team start to come together in the offseason, but you can't just put all the pieces together during the regular season. But they're going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to use their depth that they have. I don't know how much depth they have, but this is where depth wins championships. And I'll get to that a little later on as we talk about the L.A. Dodgers. But that's my spiel on, on the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, I do want to move on now and talk about one of the most underrated pitching duos in baseball right now. And that is for the L.A. Dodgers between Tony Gonsolin and, Ian, uh, and, and Tyler Anderson. Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson. They've been absolutely outstanding this year. Tyler Anderson, he, he just came off of a loss last night on Monday um, against the Colorado Rockies. Even though he lost, he pitched a great game so far over the season. He's 8-1 with a 3.23 ERA. He's got 67 strikeouts and 78 innings pitched. And his whip is just over 1 at 1.04. So he's pitching outstanding this season. Something that nobody really expected from Tyler Anderson and and you know even with Tony Gonsolin I, I don't think anybody expected Tony Gonsolin to be pitching the way he has I mean Gonsolin's 9-0 and 
with a 1.58 ERA, 64 strikeouts in 68 and a third innings pitched. And his whip, he has a sub one whip at .820. Um, and both of these guys have combined for 12 quality starts this season, which means going six innings and giving up three runs or less over those six innings. So, again, I, I mean, for your average baseball fan, especially someone that doesn't watch the Dodgers or isn't, you know, watching the and uh, is not watching the National League, Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin are not, you know, household names yet, and I don't know if they will be eventually. But this season, they are pitching out of their minds. Um, again, they've combined to go 17 and one over um, 19, uh, over 18 starts. Excuse me. And so this is something that's really great for the for the LA Dodgers. People are going to hate on me for saying this, but I mean, again, depth wins championships and the Dodgers have depth, whether it's because how much money they spend or because of their their pipeline and their their prospects that they have. Depth wins championships. And I say that because right now the Dodgers are pitching without Blake Trinan, who has, who's been out for the season basically since the third day of, of this season. Um, they're, they're pitching without Blake Trinan. They're, they're playing without um, Walker Bueller and Mookie Betts, who have both been out for the last two and a half, three weeks. Um, and on top of that, Trevor Bauer, one of the best pitchers in the MLB, has been absent because of the um, case that he's trying to appeal right now um, with, with the MLB. And so, you know, depth wins championships because you need people to step up when those main guys aren't there. You need your Tony Gonsolins and your Tyler Andersons to step up who are, you know, probably nobodies when you have Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, Julio, uh, yeah, Julio Urias on the mound, right? But this is why the Dodgers are so good. And whether it's, again, whether it's about the money that they have or the, the types of prospects and their, their, their development system, it doesn't matter. De um, depth wins championships and the Dodgers have depth. And so this is the key for the Dodgers. They need to keep this up because Walker Buehler, it seems like he's gonna be out for a while. Blake Trinan, he was shut down for, a long, for, for, for quite a long time. We'll see how he's doing. Mookie Betts, we don't know how he's going to be doing, but he's out for, you know, he's been out for the last two, two and a half weeks and probably for the foreseeable future, to be honest. And again, Trevor Bauer, there's no way he's coming back this season. So Gonsolin and Anderson are definitely going to have to be anchors for this, for this kind of mishmash, you know, of a Dodgers uh, pitching rotation. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're really underrated this season. There's there's a couple of guys that are pitching really well. You know, I mean, I, I, I could be biased, you know, as an A's fan, but I think Frankie Montas and Paul Blackburn are two really solid pitchers that it's that, that are just struggling because they're on a team that does not provide them run support. Um, you know, when I see Frankie Montas, I mean, I, I was looking at his stats. You know, he's not, he doesn't have the the best win and loss stats but his era is around three and when you think about it he's gotten one run one or fewer runs of run support in nine of his last 13 starts so so basically when you have montas or blackburn on the mound and you're not giving them run support and and this this goes for any pitcher not just montas or blackburn but when you have a pitcher going up on the mound to pitch 
and your team doesn't give them run support, they're forced to pitch near perfect games because if they give up one or two runs and your team is averaging less than two runs a game over the last two weeks, well, I doubt your team is going to put those runs up to help your pitcher. And when, you're, when, when your team does put runs on the board to help your pitcher, it takes the pressure off the pitcher. And when your team doesn't put the runs up for your pitcher, the pressure loads on the pitcher because, again, they have to pitch the perfect game. Um, and, you know, similar to this topic, maybe that's why Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin are doing so well. They're on one of the best offensive teams in the league in the LA Dodgers. And so they're going out there and they're not they're not trying to they're, they're not trying to do too much. They know that they're going to get runs on the board for, um, in their favor to support them, to take the pressure off of them. So they're going out there a little more free-handedly, um, you know, not as stressed out when they go up on the mound. So this can work to their advantage. So I, I, I also think that has to do with, with why Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin this year specifically are, are two very underrated yet amazing pitchers. Um, it's just that pressure aspect, you know. So, yeah, that's 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 kind of how I feel about this duo. Again, Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin, two of the best pitchers right now. A great one-two punch to go right behind Clayton Kershaw when he's healthy and pitching. So, Dodgers have it going right for them, even without Mookie Betts, Walker Buehler, Blake Trinan. It seems like they're getting the job done. And it's funny because, you know, I hear things saying, hear people saying, oh, Dodgers are really struggling right now you know, um, in, in, in the NL West. But again, they're 45 and 27, so it doesn't sound struggling to me, especially as an A's fan. But anyways, um, that's that. Um, and, and the last part that I want to get to in today's episode um, is just to talk a little bit about the All-Star Game, or should I say the MLB's popularity contest. I can't stand the All-Star Game. Um, I, I, I really... I dislike the fact that fans get to vote on who gets into the all-star game and onto these all-star teams. Not because I don't think the fans don't know what good players are. There's plenty of baseball. I'd say the majority of baseball fans know who the top players are. It's just the fact that it's a popularity contest, right? Um, I mean, for instance, this season, it just goes to show um, Fernando Tatis Jr., who has yet to play a single game this season, is currently fifth in all-star voting at the shortstop position. And it's ridiculous because someone of his caliber who's, yeah, he's a great player, um, he's a a great hitter, but defensively he's nothing uh, spectacular or special by any means. Um, But really he's getting this popularity because of his image. And that's not to say anything against him or his marketing skills or his agent and his people's marketing skills, but it just goes to show that that all-star caliber is not the same as the all-star caliber of years past, um, whether that was back in the late you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, or even the early 2000s, right? Now it's all about the image, the excitement that these players bring to the game. You know, um, So I, I think Fernando, Tos, uh, for Fernando Tatis this season is that example of this popularity contest. There's no reason why he should even be close. He shouldn't even have gotten a vote because he hasn't played a single game. So, um, but anyways, as, as I digress, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to talk about some under-the-radar, all-star-worthy players of mine that I think deserve to be 
in the All-Star game. And so, as you guys can see on the screen right now, we're gonna be looking at some of the, the, the top three American League underrated All-Star worthy players. And I've got Luis Arise, Xander Bogarts, and Luis Robert. So, Luis Arise, he's batting 349. He's got four homers and 26 RBIs. He's second best in the league in on-base percentage at 421, and he has a second best batting average, obviously at 349. And Luis Arise has been doing great with these Minnesota Twins. I mean, the Twins, you know, Byron Buxton, he's he's not he doesn't have the greatest average, but he's having a pretty decent season otherwise in terms of homers and RBIs and, and you know, knocking guys in. But Luis Arise is just for, for a second baseman to be producing as much as he is, it's unnatural. Um, but I think this guy's a great player. I love watching him play. The A's played the Twins about a month or two ago, and this guy killed the, the A's. I mean, I, I just really enjoyed watching him, especially as a second baseman again. As I said, their production isn't expected to be like this, you know, batting 349 with 26 RBIs. Um, but he's a great example of a second baseman that can kind of do it all, play solid defense and get it done in the batter's box. Um, but right now, yeah, he's, he's really helping out this Twins lineup and this Twins team. Um, you know, they're right now they're first in the AL Central with a record of 42 and 33. Um, and things just seem to be going right for them. Um, but Luis Arise is my first player from the American League that I believe should get an all-star um, vote. Should, well, he, he gets my all-star vote. I believe he should be in the all-star team for the American League. But now moving on, I want to talk about another player that I'm just really surprised who that, that, that he isn't even considered right now. He's not even in the top two or three, but that's Xander Bogarts. Um, he's batting 330 with six homers and 31 RBIs. He's fourth in the MLB in hits with 87, and, he, and he's fourth in the MLB with batting average. Um, Xander Bogarts is a fantastic player. Um, I think he's underrated. I feel like people... I don't know. I feel like some people believe that he's he's not really living up to the player that he's been expected to. But maybe that's just because he's being overshadowed by the 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 big market in Boston and that the 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 AL East market between uh, between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Um, but he's a great player, and the Red Sox are doing fantastic this year, all thanks to Xander Bogarts and Co. I mean, Xander Bogarts between him, Devers, J.D. Martinez. Um, this Red Sox team is pretty darn lethal. And to think that Trevor's story hasn't even really, you know, popped off this season yet is kind of scary to look at if you're an American League playoff contending team because you're going to go up against this team that's already got three very well-cemented individuals along with a fourth guy that's expected to do great but hasn't gotten to that level yet. So for Trevor's story, it's just a, it's just a matter of time until he does. Um, but yeah, Xander Bogarts is doing great. Again, he's helping the Red Sox do really well this season. They're 42 and 32, but they sit second in the AL East behind the Red Hot Yankees. Who I'm not even I'm not even going to talk about them. The Yankees are just outstanding this year. Um, you know, luckily, knock on wood, injuries have not plagued the team yet. Aaron Judge is healthy. He's hitting bombs. Giancarlo Stanton is healthy. He's hitting bombs. Rizzo is doing well. Uh, DJ LeMahieu is doing well. Um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is playing pretty well, especially for 
you know, one of those infielders like that second baseman or shortstop posi uh, position that you don't expect a lot from. So everything's going right now for the Yankees, but um, but getting back to the Red Sox, despite being 10 games over 500, they sit second behind the Yankees, who are just ridiculous this season. Um, anyways, I do want to move on <coughs> and talk about my last pick for an AL All-Star, and that's Luis Robert. Luis Robert's not having the best season when you look at um, when you look at players among the American League, but he's definitely someone that, as a rising star, I think deserves to be in the All-Star game. He's batting 289 with seven homers and 36 RBIs. He's got an OPS of 7.33, and he's fourth best in batting average among outfielders in the MLB this season. And yeah, again, this guy—he's th this is his third year right now with with the Chicago White Sox, and it's not going to plan for the team, but for Luis Robert, he's he's off to a great start in his career. Again, this is his third season. He's a rising star. He's already won a gold glove, which he won back in 2020 um, in his rookie's campaign with the White Sox. And again, although Luis Robert's playing well, the White Sox are really struggling. They're not playing up to par with what their fans expected. They're not playing up to par with what the MLB expected. Um, and they're, they're struggling in the AL Central right now. They're six and a half games back from first with a record of 34 and 38. Again, you know, four games below 500, six and a half back from first. It's not a terrible spot to be in, but if you're the Chicago White Sox as a team where, where you were expected uh, to do a lot more, you know, this is definitely not an ideal situation. Um, and on top of that, they're having some controversial issues going on with uh, between the fans and Tony Larusa. Doesn't seem like the fans are really enjoying Tony Larusa's time there uh, as a manager. You know, there there have been chants of you know, you know, fire Tony, fire Tony, and so Chicago is definitely a tough place to play and a tough place to manage. But when you're not when when you're not producing and you're not winning the amount of games that that the fans and the MLB are expecting you to, that's what's going to happen. Um, but again, I think Luis Robert has been a real bright spot in this in this White Sox team that is really struggling right now. Um, but there you have it. Those are my three American League All-Star worthy players that are under the radar right now. Luis Arise, Xander Bogarts, and Luis Robert. Let's move on to the NL where we've got a couple guys lined up. And first off, I want to start with Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond of the St. Louis Cardinals. He's batting 269. He's got seven homers and 31 RBIs. And he's, uh, and he's for, uh, fourth in the MLB in stolen bases with 18. Now, when I see Tommy Edmond, especially this year, I think of, I, I, I see a lot of similarities between him and David Fletcher of the Angels from last season. Obviously, David Fletcher is not playing particularly well right now, but Tommy Edwin, very similar to, to David Fletcher, is just a tough out to get. He's someone that can go up to the batter's box as a leadoff hitter, and he will work the pitcher. He will work a count. He's not going to make it an easy um, an, an, an easy at bat for the pitcher. Um, he's a guy that likes to foul a lot of balls off, um, and you know he's a great leadoff hitter. Whether that's getting hits, I mean, he's batting 269, which is mediocre. But from a leadoff hitter, that's what you need. You need someone that's a decent hitter, but also someone that can draw walks as well, because baseball is not all about just hitting. So um, I think he's been a, a, a great leadoff hitter for the St. Louis Cardinals so far this season. 
I do think he's underrated a little bit. He's getting talked about a little more um, now nowadays, but still, I do think he's underrated. Um, do I think he's going to get into the All-Star game? I don't think so, but I really hope he does. I think he's someone that deserves to get in, but I'm not sure if fans are going to vote for Tommy Edmond on the All-Star voting list. But he's definitely someone that's up there on the list for me. And also, on top of that, he's really helping the Cardinals right now as they're only half a game back from the first place uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Um, Cardinals right now are 42-34. and 34. Um, and yeah, again, Tommy Edmond is just really adding a lot to this lineup. He's adding to, you know, I mean, you know, you, you look at the RBIs that Nolan Arenado has, the RBIs that Paul Goldschmidt has. I guarantee you a lot of those RBIs are because of Tommy Edmond and guys like him from the Cardinals that are getting on base for these guys to knock in. So Tommy Edmond is definitely someone that's underrated, but in my opinion, deserves to be on that National League All-Star team. Um, moving on to another player, Josh Bell. This is someone. This is someone that's really. I mean, he, he's the only national um, that's having a good season this year. He's batting 309 with 11 home runs, 46 RBIs. He's third among first basemen in on-base percentage with 391. Um, and again, you know, I I hate to say it, but he's the he's the only Washington National having a good season. Juan Soto is not having a good season at all, but that's because it's difficult to be a good player and to have a good season when there's no one else around you to actually um, force the pitcher to pitch to them. You know, when when you've only got one or two, you know, top tier batters in in, in your batting order and, and in your lineup, it makes it easier for the opposition to just attack those two guys and not waste other pitches and you know put put themselves under pressure situations against other batters. You know, so if I'm a pitcher looking at the Nationals lineup and all I see are Juan Soto and Josh Bell, well, if I can get through those two guys, then the S, the 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 rest is you know easy running. You know, so um, but again, he's someone that I think should definitely be in the NL All Star game. Um, sorry, in the National League All Star team um, in the All Star game. Um, again, I think he's very underrated. He's he just came to the Nationals. Uh, from the Pittsburgh Pirates over the last year um, and he's always been someone that I've liked to watch but he's kind of had up and down seasons but I think this is his season to really pop off I mean he's super young so he's still got a lot of time um, and not to mention you know he he could be there for that Nationals rebuild if they continue to keep Juan Soto and Josh Bell and so hopefully those two guys stay together and play um, sometime down the line for, for the for, for the years to come um, Last but not least, I want to get to my third and final National League All-Star worthy player. And he's a former Oakland Athletic, one of my favorite Oakland A's to ever play, and that's Mark Canna. Um, Canna's batting 275 with six homers and 29 RBIs. He's 10th among outfielders in, in on-base percentage with, with a percentage of 364. Um, and again, I... You know, people might say I'm biased for this, but from from what I saw with Mark Canna during his time with the Oakland A's, again, he's very similar to Tommy Edmond in the sense that he's a great leadoff hitter. He's someone that knows how to work the count. He has a great eye um, for the strike zone. Um, he's someone that likes to foul off a lot of pitches. He can work walks. He can work at bats. 
and then on top of working the at-bat, then he can get the hit to really blow up the pitcher. Um, you know, and and Mark Canna, I just can't say enough about. Not only is he a great outfielder, not only is he a great leadoff hitter, but he's a fantastic utility player as well. He's someone that can play in the outfield, he can play in the infield, and occasionally you'll see him um, occasionally you'll see him at first base when Pete Alonso isn't playing, but even for the A's we saw him at first base. We saw him all over the outfield playing center, right, left, whatever. Um, so he's someone that I really think deserves to be in the All-Star game. Not necessarily because of his numbers, but just because of the type of utility player he is. And that kind of brings me to my last point, which is, you know, the All-Star game is a popularity contest, and not many people you know, before this season knew who Mark Canna was, you know, but now that he's playing in a bigger market in New York, people are discovering how good this guy really is. And um, I think, you know, a, a couple weeks ago, Buck Showalter was asked about the All-Star game, <coughs> and he said, there should be a category in the All-Star game for a utility player. You can't win without one. They should get recognized. And he said this to Fox Sports MLB. Um, and Maybe, again, maybe I'm biased, but I'm pretty sure I knew exactly who he was talking about, and I think he's talking about Mark Canna there. And, again, Mark Canna is someone that, you know, he's not going to be your your greatest power hitter. He's not going to do amazing things left and right. He's not going to be your star hitter in your lineup. But he's someone that you can always count on, whether that's in the batting order or out in the field. Um, so he's definitely someone that I think deserves to be on the NL All-Star team. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, no, Mark Canna is fantastic. I can't say enough of him. Um, but yeah, so those are the three NL players that I believe should be on the NL All-Star team and playing in the NL uh, in the All-Star game. Tommy Edmond, Josh Bell, and Mark Canna. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode of Between the Lines. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Um, I, I really enjoy doing these episodes. Um, I'm not uploading as much as I used to just because it's the summer, so I'm taking a little time off. Um, but, <coughs> excuse me, but thank you so much for tuning in again. Make sure to follow me on Instagram. Make sure to follow me on TikTok and subscribe down below. Make sure to comment down below on this video. And if there's anything else you guys want to see, make sure to let me know. And until next time, I'll see you guys later.